0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at newbalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help
0: support the podcast by visiting patreon.com slash behind the racket pod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now...
1: I've known you for, you're 25 right now. Yeah. I've known you for eight years and uh, give or take, I think 17 when you came on a, a trip to, to, to okay. Champaign uh, and we've never done this yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's on crazy. me. Yeah. That's on me. So Alex, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, got even a, a phone set up so we can record you and it's set yeah. on a trash can. Yeah. So I mean, this is, this is the behind the record <laughs> that everybody honest. wants. <laughs> um. I don't even know really where to start except I, you've gone through so much over the last couple of years, you know, just where you've been. You're here at the Dallas Open. You're in the top 100. Just walk us through just the, the emotions of of what you've gone through over the last, let's just say, couple of weeks so that now you're established inside this top 100 after so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, to, to me, I when you say I went through a lot, it, I mean, it's definitely been a journey to get to where I am now, but... It hasn't been that that like you know uh, how do I say difficult of a of a time in, in my life in the last three years. I've been I've enjoyed traveling. I've you know I've made I made it quickly through to the challenger level, and then I was there. For, I mean I've been you know playing challengers and and whatever for quite, you know a year and a half, but. Life's pretty good. I mean, even you know, a lot of guys like to complain about even here at a two fifty, like some some you know, the BMWs that are picking us up might be five minutes too late. And it's like, listen, man, like life's pretty damn good. (laughs) You have no idea. Like (laughs) like, and I'm not talking like I never did, you know, some of the stuff that like my buddies are doing right now that are like in Tunisia playing these fifteen Ks. Like I was never even that that, there. But like, you know, I, I came from I would say pretty humble background with my parents and Stuff to where, uh, you know, and and I, I mean, I think the toughest part of my whole tennis career was kind of the years at like, you know, 12 to 18 years old where I didn't really want to do it. I, I, I never really loved the game as much as other people maybe maybe did. I kind of saw it as a, you know, a career always and, and, and more of a means to, to you know, I wouldn't say means to an end, but... Um, I never really found the pure enjoyment from from tennis as much as other people. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself growing up. I think my parents pushed me to play, which I'm grateful that they did because there's a good chance I would have quit if they didn't. But at the same time, that push kind of made me lose a little bit for like of you know, just like you know, if your parents say, "Oh, go play video games," today, right. You're like, maybe now I don't yeah, actually right. really want to anymore. So um, that was more of the tough part for me. But you know, um, I'm. At this point in my life, I figured you know tennis is a is kind of my, um, my means of like living out kind of what I think I would say my purpose in my life is, and like kind of day to day, you know, I think showing up and doing something every day and and getting you know some doing something hard every day, doing making yourself uncomfortable every day, whether that's fitness, whether that's tennis training, those kind of things, just for a good life, I think are it's a recipe for a good life, doing things that you don't really want to do all the time, even if you're not, you know, feeling, I mean, you know, Kobe will talk about it all the time. It's like right. real discipline is doing the things you really don't want to do and doing them like you love them. So um, that's kind of what I've learned to to do through tennis, and, and it's actually really motivated me to see, you know, where I can go in the sport. The second I started working hard, really working hard in the sport, I saw a lot of success, luckily. And, I mean, a lot of times guys – you know, they'll work super hard for a long time, and they don't see results and I mean and that's also the beauty of it. You don't really nothing's guaranteed. But um anyways, coming back <laughs> to the last three weeks. Um yeah, I mean I uh I got to one on one in the world last year yeah. and that was a running joke between me, JJ and my right. and Brian it was like I you're a top a hundred and one coach in the world. How's that yeah, feel? Yeah. <laughs> like um I wasn't too worried, but I really like didn't it didn't get to it. Didn't get under my skin or anything like that because I honestly really thought like, you know, I'll get there at some point. Not in a cocky way, just yeah. like I I know what that level now is kind of like. I played guys at seventy, eighty. I think I'll get there. I might make a. We I made a decision to go on clay last year, and I fully well kno- knew that there was a good possibility that I could lose a match in a row, which is exactly what happened. Yep. And I my ranking took a hit, and I was completely. I knew that that was the choice I was making, and I made that choice anyways, and. Looking back, it wasn't easy to go through, but, like, you know, uh, I just knew that, hey, that's, that's a setback that I might have to go through to, to, to learn, and we keep going. And that's kind of what I did, and now I'm kind of in a similar position going into this clay court season, which I'm super happy about because I was like, you know what? I've, I didn't win a match for three months on, on, in the, on the tour. I basically could have been sitting on my couch at home, but at yep. least I learned how to play clay court tennis a little better so that this year when I had the same opportunity – Maybe I do it a little bit better and then the next year a little better so that one day I, you know, to be a top 50, top 25, top 10 player in the world, you can't not know how to play on clay. Yeah. You can't go to Korea and play challengers. I don't even think it's allowed to be signed up for a challenger in yeah. Korea at top 50 in the world. Which right. You get. So that part of it. And I mean, obviously there's stories about how, I don't know, guys have made it to the top 50 in the world without playing clay. I think Chris is a pretty Hugh good example Banks. of just yeah. kind of. Not really wanted to do it, and, and he knows his game really well, yes. but now I don't really – I haven't known my game, so I don't really know what's going to work, what's not. So still kind of exploring, but um, – so it's possible to do it. I just uh, – I, I do think that – I do like playing on clay, and I think it's a cool thing, and I really want to get good at it. It's just hard because yeah. I haven't been the best. We, we don't have the –
1: also don't have the most opportunity yeah, here. Yeah,
0: but, um, but, yeah, I mean, so I ended the year pretty well. I won a challenger in Chile – I went on that South American trip solely for the purpose of trying to get to the Australian Open main draw. There's no other reason I would have went. I yeah. would have cut my year off in Champagne, But happy I went because I got to a, at least a pretty good ranking of, like, one of seven or whatever it was. It wasn't enough to get in Maine. But ended up going to Australia. Not like, obviously, at the end of the year pretty well. Right. Had a very short preseason Uh, And I didn't have crazy expectations for Australia. I just kind of – but I never really have crazy expectations for anything. I just kind of go in and see how it goes and uh, didn't have a great first week in Brisbane and then uh,
1: went to Australia,
0: battled through some qualities matches, got to main draw, battled through a five-setter, which was – I can barely believe I (laughs) went to five sets, let alone one a a five-setter because that was my first one. Right. Um, And yeah, and then I, you know, play the number fifteen guy in the world, second round. But I, the whole time, I wasn't really thinking at all about the top hundred thing. I, I, that, I mean, it's just, it. It is obviously a dream when you're younger to, to reach that point. But it's a lot more, uh, I would say, intricate than than people think. It's like just getting there does, doesn't really do that much for your life. I mean, it does obviously. Right. You get, but but the, what's important is to try to stay there and then work yes. up from there. There's. A lot more people that have made the top 100 in the world than have stayed in the top 100 in the world. And, you know, you can look at all the rankings, like guys that were, you know, you can look at the career highs. A lot of guys were in the top 100 that right. aren't. So it's always, you know, a top 100, staying in the top 100 guarantees you main drawers of Grand Slams, which is big paycheck. You yes. know, it guarantees you probably more eyes on you in terms of exposure for brands, for everything. So that's the that's definitely a, a huge milestone, but it's not just like... You know, dipping your toes in it, it's like, hey, I want to stay there. And to stay there isn't, oh, let me win this, you know, one match so that I can get to it. It's like, let me make sure my game right. is good enough to play with those guys. And that's kind of what I thought I got to. And that's yeah. why I wasn't that worried about when when it, you know, when that ranking hits 99 in the world versus 101. Right. Like, if I'm able to consistently play with those guys every week, then I think. That's for me what means I made it. So, I,
1: having spent a lot of time with you, especially college, you know, I remember that week in Knoxville, well, yeah. 2019, you, me, Eric yeah. West, spending a lot of time together. I, I don't know that you were always at that point where you were able to look at kind of that idea of progress versus yeah. results. I, yeah. I remember how mad you were about that loss to Michael Moe yeah. in, in specific yeah. and, and just like what it meant at that time. And yeah. I'm just like, no, that was, those were big steps, yeah. you know, that yeah. week in Knoxville. Yeah. How, when when has this come along for you in terms of that idea of just focusing more on big picture versus the minutia?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, college college tennis is a is, is a positive thing, I think. But it's kind of like college football versus NFL football. Mm. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes; they they had not the best year, but you always know that they're gonna kind of you know dig in and make the playoffs. Yep. Whether in college, you got to win every single. Every single game. Like if you want to have a shot at the national championship, you got to win it every single game. And in college tennis, it's kind of similar to that. If you want to be one of the top college guys, when I was playing my junior year, when I had a really good year, I was me and I would say me and, me and JJ Wolf, my good buddy. Now we were like the two best guys in the Big Some Ten by raid matches. And I was like at one point like twenty-eight and one. He was thirty and zero. And it's like every single match you just, like, are trying to dig in and, and not have a single, you know, bad match against anyone. You want everything so bad. Yeah. And, like, and also for the team. It's not just for yourself, but, like, you know how it is in college tennis. It's, I, I'm watching my music, you know, out there just, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's yelling for every point. It's it's huge. Um, and so when you go from that to pros and you th- feel like it's kind of the same, like, oh, this is my opportunity. I have to take it now. this is going to be huge for my ranking. If I do, like, every single match is, like, a life or death, and the the wins are very ecstatic. You see some of these younger college kids, when they win a big match, they're, like, falling to the floor, and it's, like, this huge thing. And we kind of laugh at them because it's, like, listen, like, it's cool that you did that for one week, but (laughs) there's 52 weeks in the year. Like, try having that kind of energy for every single match you play. You're not going to last very long. It's not possible. So, uh, and I have some guys I won't name, but specifically I'm, like, Dude, if you don't, and you see actually the progression of, of that too, uh, uh, some of these guys go from college to pros. I think i was just, I was Cressy never Cressy was super a great out, example.
1: Yeah, but like he brought that early, and it just wasn't sustainable. Like that, Cressy, yeah, Maxime. Yeah. I mean, just like yeah. everything was. <laughs> yeah. Come on, ev- yeah, yeah, every single yeah. point it wasn't sustainable.
0: And it's, he's interesting because now he's one of the most muted guys. Yes, right, see. and, and it, right, and he's and so. Like, yeah, I mean, me and Vuki joke about it with mm-hmm. with guys um, here because. It, it, you know, but it's it's something that's beautiful about college tennis because like, we're out there playing for no money just for pride and everyone's going crazy so right. nervous and out here we're playing for hundreds of thousand dollars and we're all just kind of like okay yeah. cool it would, it's something you do every week that you're so like I mean it's basically becoming a professional and I yeah. think that's part of, of that for me is like I became a prof- professional like I would say last year to where mm. I'm not really worried about any single match I'm worried about over the course of time, how I can put percentages in my favor to win more matches than I'm losing in a way that, like, any time I step on the court, I'm a very hard guy to beat, especially mm-hmm. at the challenger level. And that's all it is. I mean, I think that's what the best guys in the world at ATP Tour do. I, if you watch them play, they're not playing. Like, it's a, that was a big learning lesson for, for me against Novak Djokovic. I mean, yeah, that was, sure. That was, like, the pinnacle of, of that of that idea right it was like i thought you know playing the number one tennis player in the world greatest of all time like you think you're going to go on the court and the guy's just going to be you can't even see the ball going past you lines 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 like winners on every ball like in your mind like if you had a robot playing tennis and it's like a perfect tennis player yeah it's just like hitting 140 mile hour everything on the lines but it's like no like the the best in the the best of all time is m- playing the h- most high percentage shot he can at any moment. Right. It never looked like any time he was taking any risk at all. Now, obviously, when other guys start to push him, he takes a little more risk, and yes. that's why that's why mistakes start happening in those kind of matches. Or that's why one guy has a little edge over. There. But like, you know, I'm playing some of these guys that Challenger tour. Like, you know, they're hitting highlight reel shot shot of the year on, on shots like. I used to do that, post them on my Instagram, like, yes. look at this. Yes, Novak's beating me three, okay, I went to a target with him, but yeah, three, right. two, and six yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. routinely by just hitting the ball in the pretty much middle of the court. Yeah. And you watch him play center in the ATP finals. Like, If you watch the highlights, at, fir- at first glance, you're like, wow, they're absolutely killing the ball. But Look at where the ball is landing. It's right. like the margins are huge, and and that's why you can see why those guys can be so consistently good every week. It's like they're not they're not trying to you off the court, they're trying to make it hard, super hard for you to beat them, and they're basically asking you the question like, can you play, can you redline for two hours? Yes. And when it comes, up, when it comes to, to, to four hours, yeah, exactly, and that's why you see why Novak
1: right is where he is. So, and you yeah. you obviously trained with him, you know, hit with him in in the past a yeah. little bit. I know how much you have. Kind of respected him, obviously, for so many years. Hard not to respect. Yes, of course. Whatever <laughs> yeah, word you yeah, want to use, yeah. right? Um, but I guess I want to like kind of deconstruct that just a little bit because you know, I you know, having known you for so long, you know, you you had Eric West was was kind of like your coach for a little bit at right. Illinois. Um, you've you've always kind of had somebody with you. So how, this this past year, I know you were going through a lot of transition with coaching wise. Your dad has obviously built yeah, your game so much. Yeah. Getting Brian Garber involved, Dean Goldfein, all all of these minds. How much of it was them? How much of it was you? How much of it was that match with Novak that allowed you to kind of have this like epiphany of just like, oh yeah, the the I, I see it now.
0: Yeah. So I, all the voices I've had in the past two years, I try to limit them a little bit. Um, I guess on the I would separate the pro tour from you know before um, not in any sense of expertise or anything. It's just been a, a lot of the pro tour has been a learning lesson for me. It's a lot different than colleges yeah. in a lot of ways that you don't really realize until you do it for a while. Um, but you know I I never really you know I never had a private coach before college. I never had you know I never did it the right way as they would say. Like you know didn't have the resources for it sure. um some guys are blessed to have that from a young age i wasn't I, honestly i wasn't it would have been a waste of money for me because i wasn't very <laughs> disciplined or or focused or you know it, it probably wouldn't work for me um but you know i when i was a 160 in the world last year or something i yeah. hired brian to i've split some weeks with mitchell Kruger and, and right. whatever because mitch he was coaching mitch and and brian lives in boca with me and you know, at the very start, like you don't necessarily know what a coach will do for you over yep. you know some time, um, and he, I, I was I'm always like kind of like the guy that questions everything. I'm mm. just like questions the norm. So like I'm like you know what's a coach really going to tell me? Like I I know how to have four. I nine, remember that talk and, we had you know, last like, year. I just what's he going to do? And it's it's less about what they tell you. It's more about going on going on a kind of a journey with you and like mm. you know day every single day. You know a help of Two percent to keep you motivated to keep you you know in check tell you a little you know you should work on this a little bit like those things in the moment can feel like you know okay of course i should work on my slicer but like over a year you look back you're like oh, this, things are unrecognizable it's like mm. i improved so much because of you know the little things that i get told every day from here from this voice from this voice um and brian is kind of like has all these thoughts and is very experimental with things then i have dean who's pretty much just Dean is the voice of reason when it comes to anything. He's yeah. almost a voice that, um, it's just like almost too, we joke because it's almost too obvious sometimes. Like, you know, he'll be like, yeah, you should maybe kick some serves in sometimes. I'm yeah. like, right, yeah, Dean, good point. Or like, decent, decent or like I'll, I'll have a bad attitude. And Dean's like, you know, it's not great to show your opponent like bad. But, it, but he's such a positive guy. And he's been like, you know, he's done it with everybody. That yes. Just having that, knowing kind of like that, this guy's been through it with guys like Todd Martin and like you know Andy Roddick. Like just having that experience is like, even though maybe I'm I'm a big like I said questioner of, of things. I'm like, is Dean telling me enough? Is he doing? Yeah. I'm like, well, he was doing enough for Roddick, so I think he yeah. might knows what he's talking about. Yes. And, and that gives me the confidence to, to listen to these guys and feel like okay, like we're good. I I'm not. I don't need to freak out of. Am I doing this? Am I doing this? And so, um, but yeah, it's been a great journey. Brian, you know, it's great. He just was in Cleveland with Ethan. He had, they had it, we, our, our agency joked that Brian needs to start charting triple for the Cleveland <laughs> week. Yeah, right. Uh, anyone he's with there is doing pretty well there. Yeah. Um, Ethan lost a tough one today to Pat Kipson, who was playing he was playing very balls. well. Yeah, I played him in Champagne, and I was thoroughly. Yes, I played a pretty damn good match, and he, he beat me. So. Um, I, I'm not surprised at all that he's doing doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I just hired da- Dante Bottini to start yes. um, right after Australian Open. Um, he's like a, obviously another guy that's done this for a long time. So um, I'm kind of happy to have another guy with like with super good experience to kind of guide me through this like next chapter of hopefully st- sticking in the top hundred of the world and then seeing where I can you know go next. I think my goal for the for the years to end it in the top 50 and hoping, hoping Dante can help me do that. Um, but we're just starting. We we've done a week and a half together. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how things go.
1: He's a very good mind. And my interactions with him, when I've interviewed him, he's uh, a very pleasant and, and fun human being. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how that, that works out. Yeah. So he,
0: I mean, he's definitely a fun and pleasant human being off the court. Yeah. On the court, he's been pretty tough on me, which is exactly, exactly what I kind of wanted, uh, you know, uh I kind of have always worked better with people that are hard on me. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse, I, I wouldn't say always, it hasn't been the most pleasant thing for me always, but it's been what I needed. Yeah. And so that's kind of why, you know, I, I heard that he was kind of the guy where it's no, there's no go- beating around the bush. Yeah, there's you you no know, bullshit yeah. when it comes so, to on court. Yeah. So, so I'm happy about that and that I've seen that in the last two weeks and, and we, I've had some of the,
1: There are two topics that I, I did want to make sure I touch on here. We've we've already hit the twenty minute mark, which, knowing you and and me, we could we could yeah. go for hours. I yeah. know, but um, you mentioned you did not come from tons of money.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that is obviously, as you know, pretty rare um, as in 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 this sport, and especially in the in the U.S. Yeah. where it is very much a country yeah. club sport. Yeah. Um, how how do you think? And this is again a pretty big picture question. Um, how, how do you think we improve that in terms of outreach and making sure that um, players like yourself who do have that natural talent are are approached and, and brought into a system? Um, that's one part. And then, you know, I guess maybe you could start with this side. Like, how does that how does how did that experience of doing it from a, a lower income, if you will, how did that make it so that you, you appreciate this more and have a better understanding of what this actually means? Yeah,
0: well, being fully transparent, I wasn't also, it wasn't like a lower income because, I mean, this sport is expensive. And, yeah. it, and that's what's, I mean, it's a, it's a tough question to answer because it's like the amount of money my parents did spend on, on my tennis is still a lot more than, sure, than sure. any, you know, I guess lower income or average family could probably afford Right. So it's it's difficult and I, and I also I mean growing up I didn't even have the resources that some like the I don't know how to say coaching resources that yeah. other people had that that are a country club, you know. Right. I mean the the level of wealth that some people have that play the sport is it's pretty big. Yeah. Um so it's tough and I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to say it's you know I think programs like the USTA are trying to do I I, I really I'm just not really aware of what, what's going on, to be honest, in, in terms of the junior tennis yeah. world. Like, I, I don't know what kind of programs they are and how, how good they are. I remember going to a couple of academies when I was younger that mm. it's just hard. If you're a kid, you, you need, like, unless you're just, I don't know, I, it wasn't me, but unless you're just, like, fully motivated freak by age mm-hmm. like seven where you're just right. like, I want to play this sport every day. I want to be yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah which I guess some people, some outliers, as people will call them, you know, have done. Like, I just don't know because it's, you know, a lot of these, like, let's say lower income um, type of programs where they try to help kids, like a lot of them are just kind of like a lot of kids under like, very little, I don't know. Say coaching or With a lot of, it's without just, many it's resources, it's like a factory where yeah. it's that. That's not the recipe for success. I I went to like academies like that before, and and if anything, I got worse. And it's just like there's zero attention to detail, zero attention to the kids themselves. It's I mean the best way to the best way to to get better in the sport is to have like small private kind of stuff. For me, what worked was having. I mean, my favorite two years of tennis training ever, I think, were. Right before college, I had, mm. I mean, I was super lucky that I came to Boca Raton, Florida, and I had, like, five other guys that were kind of going into college. We all went to the same place where our coach was kind of just like, oh, go guys, go play Dingles and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. and it was like, it, it was like, what? You're telling me to go play <laughs> Oh, let's go. Like, it's almost it like... And we would actually be on the court for four or five hours a day only because we were doing whatever we wanted to do, and it was fun. But actually, we were getting better as well doing yeah. it. But it's hard because, like, you know, without direction or anything at all, I had some direction before that. I had some direction after that, and that's why I think I've gotten to where I have. Yeah. That little period helped me to enjoy the, the, the tennis part again yeah. to, to then want to do, like, the training later on. But, uh it's hard. I it's I can't really answer that question just cuz I I'm not aware of what's going on at the lower levels yes. but I just kind of think I know what the recipe now is at least when you get older to what you need to be doing. I think when it's when you're young I think it's you know having fun with it, being on court a good amount. Like just getting reps. I think there were so many guys that were kind of seen by the USGA, seen as kind of brought into that that we're not necessarily the most talented players. They just had so many more reps than everyone else that they were actually just better. Right. Some of those were just blessed with like being bigger than everyone else and yes. winning and, and the u s j for better or worse, it's hard to do it, but in other places like they'll just take the best players. I mean, right. that's just what it is. It's not, and it's, I don't fault them for it. It's the same with college recruiting. Like I, Brad Danzer took a chance on me. I was a, at some point a four star recruit in college. Like, and you hear that story in NFL. You hear that story, like you know, in college. You hear that story everywhere. But at the same time, what teams are the best? You know, Alabama, Georgia. They're taking the five stars out of college because right. that's what's worked. And, and, and you don't blame. But it's, them.
1: But it's volume for at yeah, football. Yeah. It's volume, right? Like if you have eighty five stars, okay, forty of them work out, but that's yeah. enough to feel yeah. two exactly. great. Exactly. You know, sides of the hey,
0: There's there's limited things to go off if you're a coach that wants purely. Hey, we we're, we're, we're here to win, right? Um, when it comes to college tennis when it comes to usca kind of trying to get their next batch of players it's like what do you want them to do you want them to say who has the nicest looking for and it's like right. I, I know plenty of people with nice strokes that just can't put it together that was me for a while you yeah. know and that was everyone in my whole life telling me how talented i am i'm like great i'm not <laughs> winning like <laughs> i'd yeah. rather you tell me i'm I have no talent, and I'm out there winning every match, like some of the other guys I was pl- growing up with. ours. so, um, I, junior tennis is is difficult. The the reach and everything. I mean, I think there's there is some programs like I went. I, we played a tournament at the Excess Tennis. Yes, religion, right in Chicago, and they seem to be at least you know just for the community helping out it's there, huge. like just to get you know at not let, not even say oh get these kids to be pro tennis players, but just get these kids in a place where they're not getting into trouble or something and it's very problematic area. So, um, I think that's obviously a positive thing and that, and that's, that could be where it starts. And you got, I mean, you got so many stories about people coming out from places like that and being successful that I don't think it's crazy to say that some of those kids do end up making it. It's just, it's just, you're against the odds, right? Right. Right. When you're, when you're lower income, you're just against, I mean, and, and you're in those circumstances, you're against the odds and, you hopefully have to beat the odds, but there's—I don't know that there's like a little recipe or like there's magic, no magic magic pill <laughs> that you just give, and now everyone has the same yeah. chance. Yeah. Especially in a sport like tennis, it's other sports. You know, take a ball, you go to your near scores, play some basketball, play some football. Tennis, yeah, it's it's harder. Racket's two hundred bucks, and you travel to the tournaments. You, yeah, so I'm, much. Everything's so much.
1: Kamau, Kamau Murray, yeah. who runs XS yeah. in Chicago, he deserves a ton of credit because, yeah, he's giving back to the community, but it also shows the idea that if you're able to bring in, no matter what income level, if you're able to bring people into the yeah. sport, kids yeah. into the sport, that is going to be the recipe for success. Yeah. And if we lower the level of entry, as you yeah. just said, about $200 for a rack. okay, how do we lower the yeah. price of instruction as well? Yeah. Um. I wanted to talk a little bit about parental involvement. Your dad, um, I, I think everybody says, you know, how much he crafted your strokes and all yeah. of that. And yeah. and obviously, yeah, your the beauty of of your game is yeah. I've been lucky enough to watch it now yeah. for eight years and it's it's fantastic to watch. You have over the last couple of years, and this has been a you know big picture in tennis topic of of that idea of you know parent coaching for so many years you know instruction and then how to kind of have that that involvement but also with a with a coach as well yeah the Sitsipas story obviously that's been very well documented and i'm i'm just there are things that you will keep private i know kova but like how how have you structured that with your parents um with your dad specifically who has traveled with you yeah. at times how have you done that in a way that allows him to be coach when he needs to be coach, dad when he needs to be dad, yeah. and, and, you know, you be the son when you need to be the son versus a, a player.
0: Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, my, my dad definitely helped me out when I was super young. I mean, like, you know, four or five years old, he was obsessed with fetter strokes. and mm. kind of That's why I went. I, I had a one back backhand basically from – I had 2 back in basically for five months playing tennis <laughs> for the band and then it was one-handed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean – yeah, everyone always says like I have a beautiful game. So, like I said, for me, it's been almost like a. It yep. doesn't. It doesn't register as much because yep. I just like. It's like, all right, cool, dude. I want to go win. Like that's that's kind of what. Right. You know, I don't care how pretty it looks. Obviously, it's nice. Like it's. I'd rather people say that than say it's ugly. But, yes. Um, and I'm happy that you know he helped me out, out with that. He's really analytical. He's really. He's really you know. Almost to a detriment when it comes to my tennis to where, like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, if your angle of your racket is 13%, you know, like, this way, you're going to miss the shot. It's like, no, 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 hold up. Yeah. You can't be telling me things like that when I want to – like, yeah, yeah. I can't have that. I actually – I mean, I wouldn't say he really coaches me anymore at all. He's okay. more just, you know, a support figure for me when I go to the tournaments. You know, when I – me and Brian, sometimes Brian would decide to not go to a tournament or something – can't be with him every single week it's right also drives us crazy i would have my dad come and travel with me he's not doing much at home right now he's like semi-retired and when he's doing stuff he's working remote so yeah he loves to travel too so like i almost like and enable him to you know live kind of the life he wants to when he, he loves to he loves to watch me he loves the tennis like so and it's nice for me i don't i don't like i like being alone but i also mm. don't like being alone you know on the court i like to have somebody a point of reference to look at um, and to not feel like, you know, super alone when I'm on the tennis court. Yeah, sure. But yeah, so I mean, and he's pretty chill. Like he's, when I'm playing, he gets super nervous and, but off the court, he's pretty, you know, he leaves me alone very well. Um, He does get a little annoying to me sometimes when he's trying to tell me stuff about my technique, which is not something at this level that I want to really hear. Yeah. You know, if I, if I, I'll give you an example. You know, I'm. I start warming up serves. On the first serve, I miss a serve, and he's trying to tell me stuff about my technique. I'm like, dude, I'm not even serving yet. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah, Warming like I'm warming up my arm. Like, yeah, this is not a time for you. To, or like, you know, it's a warm up before a match, and he's trying to tell me stuff about technique. I'm like, no, no, I have what I have now, and we're we're playing. It's, yeah. He, he doesn't understand a lot of what pro coaches understand, and yeah. and um and I don't know how much other parents know about pro tennis. Some of them have played like. A guy like Peter Corder, like right, I mean, of course, it's, it's different. It's a different, yes, you know, thing. Like he played, he was Brian Shelton, Brian Shelton. Yeah, like, it's yeah. different. Like the, so th- that's where it becomes different too. It's like my dad's, you know, he played table tennis for a while, and it's like, kind of similar. But when it comes to, you know, like he's never played, he's never been in my shoes to where he can say this is. Oh, I know how you feel about this. Mm. I know. You, I know I shouldn't tell you about the technique except before you play because it'll mess your mental up. He doesn't right. know that, so um, he just kind of gets impulsive and says stuff, stuff like that. And so I try to like, I try right now to keep my parents as much out of my tennis as possible. I think that's my been my recipe for success. Uh, my, my obviously, I've actually done really well with my dad. Charles me sometimes. Yeah, and, you have. Yeah, and and so and he and so that's also there's a point in that, and and he does help me, but it's. When, when it gets too much, especially when my mom gets involved, I it, it just puts, you know, the, at the end of the day, this is my job. It's like I, I you know, in college, it, it was more like a passion kind of project where it's, mm. you know, everything's fun. It's family fun. Now this is like what I do for a living. And yeah. I'm so, tr- I'm trained. We're all trained almost like dogs. I'll give you the best examples. When you play your friend, it's like I'll have a beer with him before the match. Yeah. We get on court, We there's nothing more than wanting to kill that guy on, on yes. the tennis court. Yes. Shake hands, we'll, we'll get another beer. Yes. So it's like, it's so weird, but that's how how hard we're trained as, like, dogs to, like, just have this switch of, like, okay, now we're playing our tennis match. And right. I, I don't want any extra emotion or any extra pressure that I don't need. Uh, if you look at the best that I've done, uh, it's interesting. Other than, obviously, Australian Open recently, which I'd say is, I did pretty well. But yeah. I won a tournament in Shenzhen, China. Mm-hmm. I won a tournament in Waco, Texas. I won a tournament yep. in Cleveland. Cleveland was actually I had you a had lot of Mr. support ben yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> I, but like otherwise, it's in middle of nowhere where there's yeah. no distraction. There's no extra anything. Yes. When I play at the U.S. Open, I'm pretty tight. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, I'm I wouldn't say I'm tight, excited. Uh, that's my favorite tournament to play. But it's there's a little extra, you know, anxiety. Noah's and Noah's talked about that at yeah. length. Miami Open. I have. Same thing. my phone's just blowing up with people trying to come watch and it's like I feel like I need to do a little more than I usually do versus just being like hey we're here to do my job like always and so I've I've realized that that's the case because of just results wise and I've limited that now my dad I think helps my dad's like a good figure that helps as long as he knows like he's learned by now I'll get pissed at him when he Mm. says something I think he's learned enough by now to know what triggers me and what what he needs to not do that I have him around and it's good but mom's not great with that stuff she's just overbearing sometimes and i can't like i i try to have her away obviously when i'm playing in these tournaments i it's not like i want to stop my parents from coming but at right. the same time it just needs to be a clear distinction of like you're my parents and that's that's what you are and i have my coaches to tell me what to do on the court my mom starts trying to coach me i'm like who do you think like you are like <laughs> yeah, what do sure. you, it's, what, man. Like, what are you why would you think that you know better than, I don't know,
1: even I, me? So, Kova, I, yeah. I can tell you, even my child is nine. Yeah. And like anytime she's doing something, yeah. there's that, there is that like want and desire yeah. to make sure your child is doing it the best that yeah. they can. It, yeah. it, you know, and I'm yeah. sure it's the same for them, right? Like yeah. it's, especially, and I don't mean this in the financial side, Yeah. it's the time side, right? Of like you have poured as a parent so much time into yeah, yeah. it. It's that, that separate, so it's like I, I've, you know, we've talked about it at times on the show about Tsitsipas uh, is the one in particular, right, yeah. that that always stands out, that tough relationship. It's flipping hard to switch off coach,
0: parent, like yeah. going back and yeah. forth like that is really hard. Yeah. I mean, just um, I, I've always kind of been a pretty simple guy as well. Like I, I, I like to see like, you know, I like to, I like to look at what works and what doesn't work, yeah, and yeah. stick with what works. Yeah, I'm not, you know, you will never find me with a coach or something, and we're doing amazing. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, see yeah, ya. yeah, like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I and, and with that being said, like I look at what's worked for other players mm-hmm. as well. Obviously, I'm different. I, I'll, I'll take what I, you know, when I was hanging around Novak, I'm like, listen, like. Everything Novak does is not necessarily going to work for me, but damn, I'm going to see what, what right. does. Like, right. He's the best to do it. I'm going to take what I can from him, soak it in, yes. and try to apply it in my own, in my own way or my own. Um, same with anyone that's you know, made it. That's, and that's why I hired a guy like Dante. Is like you know He's done it before with other players. Does that mean he's going to do it with me? No. But does that mean he could? Yes. And, yeah. and like, it's wor- that formula has worked. So yes. maybe that formula works. Um, for me as well so like that's kind of where I'm at I, I try to I try to do things the way that it's it looks like it works it's worked in history it's worked yeah. and it's, it's proven to work now the whole parent like coaching situation I think you, as a player you have to really look and be like is this gonna is this and maybe for Paz that's his you know he asks himself is this yeah. and, and the answer is yeah like that's yeah, what I right. want and that's and he, he trusts his – If you trust that that's what is working, then then it then it's the right thing. Like you got to really trust. it. If you're unsure, that's when it starts to get yeah, like right. weird. Because it's not about the actual coaching; it's about whether you like you know. If a coach, if you can tell that a coach is on, if you can tell the coach might not know what he's doing, then the words that that coach is telling you, whether they're the right words or the wrong words, are going to be. Yeah, you're, you're not going to trust them. You're not going to sh- make be sure that you're doing. So you've you've hit you know, on the big word. It's that
1: trust aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it's before, I let you go because I've taken up w- way more time than I expected. Um, what do you miss most about Champaign Urbana, Illinois, um, where you, where you and I developed a relationship? And uh, I mean, I, I I miss it still. Like there's just that part yeah. of me that's. I mean, I, I was there a lot longer than you were. Yeah, but what yeah. do you, what do you miss most about the University of Illinois?
0: I miss exactly what made me want to come there, which is kind of like the the team that I had there when mm-hmm. I was you know. Especially my first three years there, I, I, you know, guys like Alex Vukic, Pablo Landa, Alex Jesse, those were kind of the guys that brought me into the school that, that I met for the first time. I love those guys. It's, you know, a lot of people. It's a cliche. It's like it's not the place, it's the people, and that's yeah, yeah. kind of what it is for me. I obviously love coming and seeing Brad, seeing Marcos, and all these guys. Obviously, the team's a little younger now. I don't know any, not that I don't know anyone on the team. I don't know many of the guys on the team, so it's a little different when I come back. Now. Yeah, like even every year it gets a little more and more different. It's like even the young guys that I knew are now seniors and they're about to graduate. And it's a brand new crop. Yeah. And obviously that's just the way life works. And I want to get to know the guys on the team well, but those core guys that I came in with, I that's, I can't say that's exactly what I miss about champagne. Cause they're not in champagne anymore, but yeah, that's what I miss about the school is, is, is seeing all, all my buddies there. It's kind of like bittersweet going back now. Like, it feels like a ghost town to me. Obviously, mm. even though it's not a ghost town at all, it's <laughs> completely sixty thousand people yeah, in a right. place. It's just I don't know anybody, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. obviously younger people. So, um, yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing. And second, that place. Is a big <laughs> place. I um, want yeah, yeah.
1: I, I have to end with this story of the fact that, and, and he's here today. Uh, Vuk Budic, his, he's yeah. here. I don't know. Did you see him yet?
0: I, don't, I haven't seen him yet, but I okay. told, Vukic told me that he's I did, here. I also
1: Vuki pulled out.
0: Yeah, what well, you know? so Vuk, told me this morning that, okay. that um, I was, like, where – because I was with uh, my coach, and we were, we were, we were practicing there, Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Before the practice, I was, like, where's your coach at? He's, like, oh, he's in Portugal. Like, actually, I actually have Vuk, Vuk is coming here today. Yeah. I was, like, oh, no way, Vuk. Vuk's gonna, I was, like, so what's the deal? Yeah. Is Vuk going to help coach you? And yeah, he's yeah, like I'm pulling out, man. Like, yeah. I, I, like, I'm not like really good. I just told Vuk to come yeah, yeah. for a little bit. I was, like, great. Like, I was. some well, –
1: So well, I have, So it was national, uh, national indoors. Uh, your sophomore year in Chicago, in Chicago yeah. and That's I'm doing, awesome. I'm doing the uh, lineups as I have you yeah. know for a season and yeah. a couple of months, and then Vuk Budic's mom comes up. Why are you? Pro- why do you keep pronouncing his name wrong? I'm just like Vuk Budic, is that is that yeah. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, no, Kova. I'm like, oh God. Why, why, sir? After 15 months, did you not correct me on how to pronounce your name?
0: To be honest, I, I just don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I, I people that get butthurt about mispronouncing names, I like. It, I don't understand it. I think it's more embarrassing for the people that are trying to say it than it is for. Yes, for...
1: <laughs> yes, it hurt me. It That's frustrated funny. me. But but
0: the way you're pronouncing it wasn't wasn't that far off, and it wasn't like. You know, some people some people will get pretty sure. gnarly with it. They'll, they'll be saying some wild. I don't know how they come up with when they Listen, read my name. Some words. I get it. Um, and also, like my nickname is Kova, right? right. Um, if you say my name the right way, it's Kovacevic, right? And that would be Kova. It doesn't really doesn't ring. work. Yes, and, right. And so, like it's almost I would call it the Americanized version. It's Kovacevic. Yeah, and I'm cool with it. I I, I don't really it doesn't. Does right it, here, yeah. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt that I'm but getting like, corrected. Uh, I, I mean, I think like uh, how, how do I say? Like, I don't think you were pronouncing it wrong, and people were like, "Oh, that's the no. wrong way." That's yeah. You know, Nobody's two people in the whole place that are like, "Oh, it's a little different than that." Was and, what Brad Dancer told yeah, me to say, yeah, so I yeah. just went with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, what's interesting about that that nickname. That actually mm. was Brad called me Kova for really? the first time, and. Um, and now if I meet someone for the first time, even when I meet someone for the first time that doesn't really know me, and they call me Alex, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's oh, not right. So formal. Like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I get this. Oh, you thing. really don't know me. I'm
1: like if, if people call me Cation. If they call me Mike, I'm I'm really tripped yeah, out. Yeah, 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 Same yeah. Thing.
0: It's 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 like yeah, it's trippy because that like I said, that nickname started in college. Yeah. So it's not like I had it my whole life where it's like, and, and now when anyone you know. Sees me, calls me. If they call me Alexander, it's, yeah, it's nuts, yeah, it's over. Nuts. You, you don't I, know I, me. Yeah, <laughs> like you're like you're out of control. If you're calling me Alexander, no, but uh, um, yeah. So that, uh, but no, I'm, I, I would call myself super laid back, man. I don't you really are. care about a lot of things. I think people get caught up in caring about way too much stuff that doesn't matter in this life. So, but I, I also,
1: think, I also think having known you for eight yeah, years, you've should, come a long way. Yeah. You, your your maturity level has increased year after year, and, like, the game is what it is. But, like, just seeing you uh, progress from from a very wide-eyed college freshman to where you are now and, and seeing just this ability for you to just take it all in and put out something that you want to put out, I, I don't know that I would have, if, you know, being honest, seeing yeah. you sophomore year, yeah. I don't know that you could have yeah. done that. And I'm no. – it – I'm very impressed Yeah. Um, with just who you are as a person. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think also, I'll just finish with this, but I I think a big, big reason I've kind of got to where I am now, even compared to last year last two years is like in, uh, in Boca where I live now, I'm, and it's a cliche that everyone says, like, you know, surround yourself with the people you want to be. Yes. Um, we have an amazing kind of, I, would, I don't, I don't want to call it a team because we all want to kind of beat each other low sure. key, but, you know, I, I'm, some of my good friends now are, I mean, J.J. Wolf has been my best friend in tennis yep. for, like, a couple of years now, um, along with Keegan Smith, but, you know, I, I'm trying to get Keegan to, you know, get up here with yeah, us. He gets and, and there, man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got so many ways. But, like, the, these guys, like, I'm surrounding myself with, like, they're doing things in a way that, like, you know, it, it's the mature way to go about it. Even guys that, like, you know, used to be a little... Party boys themselves yeah. are, you know. Now they're we're all twenty four, twenty five. There's no, there's no more time to right. like mess around. It's this is go time. Yeah. And um, with that being said, also it comes back to my whole like you know cracking the top hundred thing. It's like I'm my good friends are Tommy who's, like twelve in the world or I don't know what he is right now. Yeah. Francis Tiapa who's eleven in the world. Uh, JJ Wolf top fifty for so long. He's injured yeah. now. dropped right. a little, but um, you know opelka where we're, we're all living together if i you know i'm in the gym the, the other week and, and and someone was like uh, i think it was time was like oh congrats on top 100 man and yeah. i'm like man come on you know you know if you were if you dropped out of the top 20 you'd be like yeah you know losing your mind because it, it is that's the standard that these guys have set for yeah. themselves looking back you know thinking of me in that kind of group of of players is is pretty crazy. I It I, is. Just being on, on court with some of those guys would be a great, like, you know, Francis was not even, I mean, he still is far from me, but, like, I if they put me to practice with Francis 10 years ago, like, people would start laughing, like, what is this guy doing on the court? Yeah. Now I'm, like, playing, you know, 15 in the world at Australian Open, and I really feel like I have a shot, which, yep. you know, if I'm not surrounded by those people who are like, dude, I think you have the weapons to beat this guy, you know, we're all kind of training together. If I'm just surrounded by like people that, you know, didn't or aren't in that world, like they'd be like, dude, you're playing this guy. Like, that's crazy. Right. You know, right. like, and it would, it, it, so it helps me feel like this is just kind of where I'm at in my career. And, and it helps me to, to live in the moment and like, be like, Hey, you know, I have a shot against everyone playing. I'm, I'm part of this crew even though maybe I'm not even part of it. I just, in my mind, if the fact that it feels that way is yeah. is helping me tremendously. And like, yeah. having guys like my fitness coach, Franco, Brian, and and, and, and Boca, now we got Dante there, yeah. Brad Stein's around all the time. Like, just, it's, it's a recipe for success. Ethan Quinn just came in with us. He started training out of Georgia. Yep. There's no better place for him to be than Correct. us or maybe in Bradenton with some other guys just like, I mean, but like, we're all kind of taking him in and saying, listen, this is this is what's working is how is yeah. you guys. And it's, and it's showing pretty pretty quick yeah. now. I mean, Ethan's doing, doing better. And, and you could tell just what I can tell with those younger guys like Ethan, it's like, you know, he's pissed today that he lost in the finals of a challenger. If I was 19 and I was in the finals of a challenger, like, are you joking? Like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? But that's the standard that he set for himself, and that's the standard that we have in our crew. And he's working with Brad Stein. It's like, right. that's where he's supposed to be and more. Yeah, So it's like, uh, he's going to do well. And that's, that's yeah.
1: Kova, it's, uh, th- this is long overdue. Uh, I apologize his. for that. But thank you very much for the time, as always, and uh, the continued friendship.
0: Pleasure to be on, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Cation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media, at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.